0: For the first time this season, the Minnesota Wild are in the win column after a 4-3 win in overtime over Vancouver. Was it perfect? No. Were there still stretches of sloppy play for this team? Yeah, but I think for today, a win is a win is enough. And so we will break down the 4-3 win for the Wild over Vancouver on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap a four three overtime win for the Minnesota Wild, looking at some in, uh, promising signs for this team as they were able to gut out the win. And we'll talk about some of the things that are still issues for this team as they head out on the road. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild Insider, and for the first time this season, Minnesota Wild fans can all collectively exhale as the team is in the win column after beating Vancouver 4 to3 in overtime and come from behind fashion. And so, sorry, Vancouver, another blown lead to start the season. That's now five straight games with a blown lead for the Canucks. And was it a perfect game for the Wilds? No. Were there still plenty of stretches of sloppy play, especially defensively? Yes. And so, all of that stuff is still an issue for this team now embarking on a five-game road trip but I think one of the things that has been really plaguing this team is just the amount of pressure that there has been as this losing streak continued and yes it's just three games so it's not like we're 10 or 12 games into the season still searching for win number one but to start the season trying to set the tone for what the season is going to be, yeah, there's some pressure on this team uh, after especially the way in which they lost those first three games of the season. So the most important part about this is I think it provides the team an opportunity to just collectively move past this start. Now that they are not in search of that first win, now that that isn't something that is kind of hanging in front of them Here on the season, they can now just try to kind of relax a little bit and play better hockey as they go forward. Uh, The Wilds got, I think, the formula that we have been looking for for this team uh, to uh, get to the win column this year. An early lead, granted, just one nothing, and the Canucks did end up tying it and uh, we ended up going into the first period tied at 2-2. Then trailing going into the third period after a pretty terrible second. But the Wilds got a critical power play goal on the third to tie the score. They got a more critical penalty kill to keep Vancouver from taking the lead. They got some great saves from Marc-Andre Fleury in this one to keep the team at where they were at to allow them time to work back into it, and then they get the overtime winner from Kirill Kaprizov to uh, to seal it. So special teams ended up helping this team get the win. The goaltending was not hideously awful, like it's been through the first three games of the season, and your best players end up stepping up to take the game into their own hands to lead you to a victory. So there's a lot to like that we saw in this game, but there are also are plenty of other things that continue to plague this team, including the effort level on defense, which in the second period in this one was hideous, was embarrassing to see this team continue to just get skated around uh, by a Vancouver team that really didn't do anything spectacular to try to win this game on their own. They just essentially took what was handed to them and uh, let the Wilds take it back uh, late in the third and going into overtime. So there are still plenty of things to try to get ironed out, but I think getting the win is a victory for this team and moving forward for this team will help take some pressure off. Now the biggest thing going forward is going to be, so now that the first win is on the table, can they build off of it? Can they go to Boston on Saturday and pick up a win? Or are we just going to be sitting at one and four with uh, still plenty of questions to be answered from this team? Uh, It only matters as much as what they do to build off of it going forward. If we see this team go on a little bit of a run, come away with a successful road trip, then you can say, yeah, the pressure got to be mounting uh, to start the season, but they were able to work past that and kind of salvage something out of it. That's the biggest thing to look at going forward in the near term. Uh, In the long term, there are some big things that need to be addressed by this team going forward. So, a win is a win. I think it takes some pressure off this team. But there are still a lot of things that are going to need to be ironed out moving forward if this team is going to kind of get back to where we had expected they'd be at the start of the season. So, One and three now on the season. They finish a one and three homestand and now head on the road for five games. Would imagine there will be a little bit of a different look to the lineup. And so we will look at some of the things that went well, including a little chat about the goalie situation because Marc Andre Fleury had some big saves in this one. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to pronounce him back. As of yet, but we'll talk about flurry. We'll talk about plenty more as we continue to recap the first win of the season for the Minnesota Wild on today's episode of Lockdown Wild. After this, Betonline.net is your number one source for betting on the NFL and the start of the new NBA season. You can find all the latest player developments plus the biggest matchups team by team. News podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game, every single sport. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, Golf, the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more and to find more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure that you get caught up with the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, giving you a full breakdown of everything going on in the wide world of sports in 30 minutes or less. Locked On Sports Today is available wherever you listen to your podcasts absolutely free of charge. So Marc-Andre Fleury, and this isn't setting a high bar with his best game of the season uh, against Vancouver. Now, I'm not willing to declare Marc-Andre Fleury back based off of his performance, but... I do want to give credit that when the game got to be 3-2 to and whether we can play the goalie games once again, did the goalie give up the goal or did the defense give up the goal? One of the goals for sure, Matt Dumba got flat-out skated past. And so the Canucks created a two-on-one for themselves because Matt Dumba got blown by on the ice. And so that one... I feel more comfortable putting on the defense where if Dumba simply sticks with the Canucks player that just walked right by, just oh, just gonna just gonna slip past you here. If he's able to keep with that guy and take that away, that is probably a goal that the Canucks don't score because, you know, the way Fleury was playing, he was making a lot of those types of saves for the first time this season. And so, no help there. Uh, th- one of the other goals in which Flurry made a sprawling save with his glove, the puck um, trickled out, but the rebound went right to the waiting Canucks player and he was able to tap it into the empty net. That one I kind of go back and forth on because... You know, you'd like to see the puck corralled in that situation, but there also was no wild player on that side of the net to be able to do anything about it. In fact, Kirill Kaprizov had skated right by that spot before the uh, the puck came free and was tapped into the net. So, partially on the goalie, partially on Flurry, but no assistance defensively to be able to do anything about that, and that was the goal. That made it three to two. And at that point, we're sitting in the second period and we're like, here we go again. Like, this defensive coverage that the Wild are using and the effort level on defense is hideous. And we are getting to the point, I think, where we're going to have to start asking the question of what is going on with Jonas Brodeen? He takes that penalty with like two or three minutes left in the third period, and that was a boneheaded penalty, battling for the puck along the boards, and then he ends up uh, dropping the Canucks player to the ice, so gets the penalty there. And then in overtime, he coughed it up in the wild zone, I think uh, three consecutive times, and it was just a little hot potato that was being played between him and the Canucks, and they just kept giving the puck back to each other to the point that I tweeted out and I said, you got to get him off the ice. He has just not been Jonas Brodine so far this season, and that's a big reason as to why uh, the defense has been as bad as it has been to start the season. But I think this points to another thing that has been an issue is that the defensive pairing of Jonas Brodeen and Matt Dumba has always worked because Brodeen has been so good at kind of picking up some of the deficiencies defensively that Matt Dumba brings to that pairing. But if he's not picking up any ground, that line ends up being a bit of a liability. And so we've seen just line juggling up and down the lineup with John Merrill coming back on Saturday, I would like to think that we'll see some new D-combo, uh, D-pairing combos to try to jumpstart something in this wild decor. And the unfortunate thing about it was we saw Jordan Greenway return. And you could see a jolt in this team, how they played with him on the ice, especially Marcus Foligno and Jewel Eriksson-Eck. That line just picked up right where they left off. Uh, Like riding a bike after a couple of weeks or months or years or whatever. It just comes right back to you. And so those guys showed that level of familiarity that we uh, have come to expect. And so you get some assistance defensively there, but then Vancouver kind of picks up the play and the team just... (sighs) collectively mostly wilts after that and Vancouver is just controlling play they're controlling zone time but more importantly they're getting skaters up towards the net because there are just a lot of players out of position defensively and so I don't know if it's scheme I don't know if it's individual effort specifically for a lot of guys there are a few guys on this team that are still bought in to the effort level And giving the effort level every time they're out on the ice. But there are still too many guys that are just kind of standing and watching. And I don't know if it's people being afraid to make mistakes. Or just pressing so much that they get flustered to not knowing what they need to do. I really don't know. But now that we've gotten this first win out of the way. We'll see if any of it improves. Because if not... It's going to be hard to pick up win number two, especially on this road trip. So encouraging that Flurry was better, and I think the point that I was trying to make, circling back to it, is that when it got to be 3-2, you're thinking, here we go again, bad defense. This is just trending poorly. And Flurry, from that point on, had some very big saves for this team, especially on that penalty kill. Almost single-handedly... Uh, turning the Canucks away on that penalty kill with like two minutes or three minutes left in the third period. So credit where credit's due. And again, not ready to declare Marc-Andre Fleury back by any stretch of the imagination, but it was nice to see a goalie make big saves for this team down the stretch to be able to keep the opponent from – I I was worried – in the second period, that Vancouver was going to end up making it like four or five to two by that point. And then at that time, it just is insurmountable. But Flurry kept a minute, and the team was able to get that big power play goal and then went in an overtime to uh, reward him for that effort. So encouraging. Again, a lot of what we saw really only is validated if the team plays well going forward. If we go right back to what we've seen, then this just looks like kind of a blip on the radar. But there are some other things that have gone on and happened again tonight that uh, now I think we're to the point where we're going to have to make a decision because Marco Rossi started on the Matt Boldy line, but he went a large portion of the third period not playing at all. So we'll talk about that to finish up today's episode of Locked on Wild. We'll also uh, talk about Jordan Greenway a little bit as well. Continuing to recap a 4-3 to three overtime win for the Wild over Vancouver, and we'll wrap it up after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked on Wild listeners, you can find our show as well as the other Locked on Sports Minnesota podcasts on Roku and Amazon Fire TV, all part of the Locked on Sports Minnesota app. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. So download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. At this point, I think you got to just face facts that whether it be entirely his fault, which it isn't, or just kind of a victim of circumstance, we have to talk about Marco Rossi's minutes once again. And Rossi... Played 11 minutes in this one, which is a season high, but he didn't play over the final. I think it was 13 minutes of the um, final 13 minutes of the third period. Uh, Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast uh, puts it uh, a little better than I can sum into words, and so I read off of Twitter. Despite the Wild being down a forward for most of the game following the Jordan Greenway injury. Marco Rossi saw just 10 minutes, 59 seconds of ice time, including very little ice time in the third period. Only Sam Steele at 10 minutes, 39 seconds, and Brandon Duhame at 9 minutes, 38 seconds, saw less ice time tonight. Brett goes on to say, You can argue he hasn't done anything to wow the coaching staff and prove himself, quote-unquote, but he also hasn't gotten the opportunity. Kid is a warrior, but if this treatment, if this is the treatment he's going to get, please get him down to Des Moines where he can play meaningful minutes. Um, he's right on. You either have to just commit to playing him or send him to Iowa and give him the minutes there and figure out a time at which he can come up to help this team. Because we we got what we wanted coming into the game. And even with Jordan Greenway leaving the game injured, it just seems like Dean just went to the usual suspects to win the team the game. And, you know, ice time that you look at for the rest of the lineup, you had 19-42 uh, for Boldy, 20 minutes for Erickson Eck, Felino with 15, Goudreau with 16, Hartman with 18, Tyson josts just under sixteen, caprizov with twenty four and Zuccarello with twenty two um so you go to the top guys, you expect that they're gonna be the ones to um, to get you the win, but I was a little surprised that we went right back to Ryan Hartman on the top line uh for this game, considering that you know he had he had one play that stood out to me where he was, I think, right at the top of the zone, and I don't know, he was pretty much standing at the top of the zone, and uh, the wild were trying to get it in to the zone, and there was a pass to him kind of at the back, and he barely um, he barely went after it, and it exited the Vancouver zone. And you couple that with turnovers. I know he did have a couple of nice passes tonight and was uh, was able to help set up one of the wild goals, but he is far from past what has been a bad start to the season for Hartman. And so was a little surprised that he was, uh, was thrown back in uh, to that top spot and continued to be played. But it's just... Collectively, I think for this team the frustrating thing is just how kind of checked out players can look at particular points during the game. You know, there was points in the second period where the Wild were collecting the puck behind their net and they're like 10 feet in front of the net and their passes are going all the way to the top of the Vancouver zone. Like, I th- I think, I truly think a lot of this has just been this pressure on this team to start the season is that every single player is trying to hit a home run every single time they get the puck. And so, again, back to my central point through this entire episode, is that I can sit here and say that, you know, the pressure has been lessened now that this team has won a game. But if they go out and they lay an egg against Boston and it just looks like it did against the Rangers or the Kings or the Avalanche, then we got to start calling into question um, several members of this team that just continue to kind of try to skate through it. So um, I don't know what will happen with Rossi. With Greenway injured, my guess is that Mason Shaw will probably – be brought back up to fill that roster spot, but I really don't know what to expect in terms of roster moves for this team uh, embarking on this road trip through the East Coast, through Canada, and then back finishing up with Chicago. I, I really don't know what this team is going to do from a roster perspective to try to figure this out. Now, Good news that we get heading out on this road trip is that John Merrill is he's ready to come back. So that probably means that Alex Goligosky is going to the bench. And I think what we probably need to see from the D pairings for that game against Boston just to try to see if we can get some of these guys back on track is Brodeen, Spurgeon, Middleton, Dumba and Merrill Addison. That that'd be how I would do it because Brodeen and Dumba until Brodeen gets back on track, it's not a playable line uh, by this team defensively. Spurgeon and Middleton like it. Middleton continues to be, you know, one of the bright spots on this team defensively. And so I think that is the reason that you probably put him with Matt Dumba is because he at least is showing some level of defensive concept. And, you know, you give um, Merrill the opportunity with Addison and just they're just going to have to try things. And if they work, you go with it. If not, then you got to try something else. And it's just, especially starting off against a team like the Bruins, it just has potential. Where if they're not on their A game on Saturday, that one could get ugly. But at the end of the day, we worry about that on Saturday. Uh, for now, we uh, we just are going to um, we're just going to enjoy the win. Although <laughs> the overall tone of this episode doesn't necessarily reflect that, uh, and. We're waiting to hear word on what happened to Jordan Greenway as well. Uh, It sounds like he will not play against Boston, which leads you to believe that this is going to be an injury that will keep him out of the lineup for a bit. So we'll see. Uh, Still a lot of questions that have to be answered by this team, but they were able to put some things together to uh, pick up the win against Vancouver, and we'll just go from there starting again on Saturday against Boston. Uh, That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Uh, So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, getting the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the wide world of sports in 30 minutes or less. Locked on Sports Today is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Locked on Wild, So follow us wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and turn the notifications on so you don't miss out on any of our videos throughout the week. We are keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild related with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.